Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Ventura. I'm in the studio with Trisha Casson, Joel Yarmish, and Kayla Walton. And today we're going to talk about one of the more kind of difficult teachings of the church, purgatory, or one of the more misunderstood. But before we begin, I'd like to start off with prayer. Tricia? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Jesus, we just thank you for the gift of life. We pray in particular in this moment for all the souls in purgatory. We pray especially for the souls who are in most need of your mercy. We pray for the souls of those who fought in the American military. We pray for the souls of priests. We pray for the souls of those in our families. Lord, we ask that you will send your mother to visit them and to comfort them and warm their hearts in that time of purification. We ask this through her intercession as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I use the term misunderstood uh, in regards to purgatory, not because it's something that is difficult to understand, but sometimes a lot of people think that purgatory is like that halfway point. You could either go to heaven or to hell. And it's like, no, purgatory is getting the foot in the door to heaven. You're going to heaven when you get there. And I just kind of wanted to start out yeah, saying right off the that. Bat, get the misconceptions out of the way. Yeah, that's one of the biggest misconceptions, <laughs> though. It's kind of like, well, you're not quite done yet, <laughs> and we can still kind of judge and decide where you're going to go. No, if you make it to purgatory, you made it. It's good. Mm-hmm. You're going to be good. But there's some additional things that need to happen. We're going to talk about that. And it's kind of really, it's really a blessing. It's really a saving grace for all of us. Yeah. Right off the bat, though, let's just put a definition on it right out of the catechism. Um, The catechism of the Catholic Church defines purgatory as a purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. Um, And it's experienced by those who die in God's grace and friendship, but still um, imperfectly purified. So there's the idea that um, you have been judged um, worthy of heaven, but you're not as clean as necessary uh, to be in God's presence. Right, Joel. I mean, there's a good analogy for that. So the analogy is, is let's say white chocolate, eating white chocolate is a sin. And so you eat white chocolate and you have to go to confession to confess that thing, but you still like white chocolate. If you die and you still like white chocolate, but you never actually ate it or had sinful thoughts about it, you still have that attachment to it. Purgatory is that time where even the attachment or that that favoring white chocolate is given away, where you're not even thinking about that mm-hmm. in heaven. So in heaven, you want to be totally free of that. And that's kind of how sin is. Like, we can be free from sin, but still have a certain... Uh, favoring tendency. of that tendency towards it, mm-hmm. and e- in purgatory, even that tendency is taken away because that tendency can't stand in the sight of God. Now, I don't want to speak for you know Catholics in general, people in general, but I think that a reason that a lot of people might struggle with this idea that you're saying is um, the word purgatory doesn't really appear in the Bible, mm. right? So there's like, yeah. so where what is this place that uh, seemingly appears to be made up, and it and it's not made up because. The Bible is riddled with with references to a purgatory-like place. Mm-hmm. And um, one that I just 
happen to see a lot in researching is uh, from Revelation. It basically just said, nothing unclean will enter the presence of God in heaven. And that really struck a chord with me because you think that, um, you know, when you go to see God, don't you want to be as clean and as well prepared as you can possibly be? And like you said, with your attachment to white chocolate, um, which I don't think is as big of a sin um, as some of the other ones out there, (laughs) but um, you want to just have all this stuff gone from you. You want to just be fully in God's presence and have your whole self to give to him, uh, thus the cleansing process of purgatory. And uh, just to continue with scripture, um, we read in Maccabees about um, praying for the dead, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to paraphrase a lot. We also read in the Gospel of St. Matthew, Jesus is telling a parable about um, a young man who goes to jail and he can't leave until he pays the last penny of his debt. And mm-hmm. some scholars say that jail is purgatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, I mean, that there's some analogies there for that. And then mm-hmm. also you have uh, uh, chapter two in Philippians where mm-hmm. at the name of Jesus, all uh, those in heaven on earth and under the earth mm-hmm. bend the knee at the name mm-hmm. of Jesus. And in Corinthians, mm-hmm. we read about a purifying fire. Yeah. And so like and talking about something else in another gospel about the, the rich man who, uh, you know, dies and um, Lazarus has been begging at his feet, you know, basically saying, if I can only receive the scraps that you uh, that you throw off the table. And so the rich man dies and he is, you know, there's it says in the Bible that there's a great chasm. And he tells um, he tells Lazarus to go and warn his brothers, you know, of mm-hmm. of what he has done, of what he has committed. And so some use this as almost like an indication of purgatory because, you know, there is this man. If he were in hell, he would be you know, totally divorced. Right. From exactly. God. Exactly. Whereas he was not. I think at this point, it'd be helpful to define what is heaven and what is hell. Um, where they're not places. We're not mm-hmm. talking about locations. We're talking about states of being. Because mm-hmm. um, there is that misconception that, okay, I'm going to heaven, which isn't a a bad thing to say, mm-hmm. but it's not quite accurate. Right, right. To say, like, hell is... 1,500 feet below ground and heaven is 12,000 feet above ground. Like, those aren't, that's not accurate. <laughs> that's not very accurate. So, like, um, Joel, what, uh, can you give us a no, definition? You well, no, you go ahead. Go okay. Ahead so, an easy definition for heaven is total union with God, total union mm-hmm. with the Blessed Trinity mm-hmm. in relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Hell is that place where you totally reject God, where you say, God, I want nothing to do with Complete you. Complete separation. Complete separation of God. And mm-hmm. what makes it, and, and some scholars, some mystics reflect on this saying that hell is a rejection of existence. Mm-hmm. Where since God is existence, God is the source of our being, if we're, say, we're basically saying no to the very source of our existence. And so there's this contradiction where God is like, fine, you can live without me. But you're going to be in eternal torment. No, God, and the th- pro, an important thing is is that in actuality, God doesn't send doesn't send people to hell. People take themselves there, and right. He lets it happen. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want it to happen. He wants people all to be with Him. What but, He wants is for people to be fully alive. Yeah, and to you be are alive. listening to Alive for More on. Catholic Saint. Radio, St. Gabriel, AM820. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon, sat- Sundays at 3, or online and on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And today we are just talking about um, the church, what the church teaches on purgatory and, you know, what questions do we have as young adults about purgatory? Um, 
another analogy. Yeah. <laughs> that we now, now we can hear your analogy, Trisha. <laughs> another analogy that uh, a priest once told me about purgatory that, you know, kind of helped me understand. Um, so let's picture that we're all little kids. And we're, you know, this little boy and the the little boy's dad was away on a business trip. OK. And so the mom makes this great dinner for the dad's coming home. And um, she tells the little boy, I'm making your dad's favorite chocolate chip cookies for when he gets home from work. Please do not eat the cookies. They're for after dinner. But the little boy smells the cookies and he can't help it. And he eats like, you know, five of these cookies. And um, he goes up to his mom because he's feeling guilty. And he says, like, Mom, I ate the cookies. And she says, well, thank you for confessing. Like, I forgive you. Um, but so, you know, that sin is forgiven. Right. And, and we believe through the sacrament of reconciliation, our sins are fully forgiven. But what happened is when the son ate those cookies, he has smears of chocolate all over his face and his shirt is, you know, full of stains and crumbs. And his dad's going to come home for dinner and his dad's going to see chocolate smeared across his face and crumbs on his shirt. And he's going to want to know what happened. Um, so what what the mother tells the son to do is go to the washroom and clean up. And the son washes his face and changes his clothes. So he looks so presentable for his father when his father comes home. And so purgatory is just that time when we are washed, you know, we're cleansed from the effects of sin. Mm -hmm. You know, we were already forgiven of the sin, but we are Mm -hmm. washed and cleaned from the effects. You know, we wash that chocolate off our face and change our shirts. Why? Because we want to be presentable to God, the father in heaven, right? I want to be as beautiful as I can be when I meet him face to face. Mm Um, so it's actually something really beautiful, this gift of purgatory. I think something else, too. Um, you know, Trisha gave a talk about purgatory uh, probably a month or two ago at St. Patrick's Youth Group. And um, something that she did that she had us do that stuck with me and really helped me to understand and appreciate more about purgatory was, you know, she said this, we'll be in here for about 15 minutes and I want you to make yourself uncomfortable. I want you to kneel. I want you to raise your arms if you are able to, so that at the end of these 15 minutes, you want nothing more than to be able to be relieved from this. And it was in that time that I realized that purgatory is, you know, we know that something good was coming. So we knew that after our time of learning about purgatory, we would be able to go and learn about heaven and spend time in adoration. And so we knew that something good was coming, but we had to endure that. And in having those moments of suffering in purgatory, we were able to appreciate the relief that comes from being able to go to that next step. And mm-hmm. in this case, it would be being able to go to heaven because, you know, we wanted to be relieved from that from that suffering that was happening in purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, going along with what Trisha said earlier, I was just going to follow up with um, the idea, as you said earlier, um, God doesn't send people to hell. God doesn't people send people to heaven. We freely choose. And I feel like the same thing goes for purgatory. As you were saying, so beautifully about the child wanting to clean up after dinner or after the cookies. And like you said, we want to be clean in the presence of God. So we send ourselves, I mean, we freely choose that yeah. purgatory is where we want to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We, we stand there in order to be clean, to be made whole and to be alive for more, which you're listening to on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at three or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And another aspect of purgatory, a, a, a more traditional definition of purgatory is the um, the repayment of the temporal punishment due to sin. And the thing is, it's not this bank account debt account that you're going to have to pay later. You know how a lot of us have had student loans and we need to pay student loans. I'm just using this as an example. 
while we're in school, we can start making payments on our student loan debt. Well, there to either pay down the interest or to actually start、uh, taking away some of the principal. In the same way, the church, in her wisdom, also offers that to her children to kind of pay down some of that debt. I mean, I, I don't like saying pay like in some sort of payment. It's not giving money, and not like how the misunderstanding was back in、uh, like the 1500s, where there was that abuse,、mm-hmm. but more where you do spiritual works to、mm. kind of. Prepare yourself for heaven to be detached from sin, and these detachments, this movement, the church calls indulgences. Does, who,、um, what is just a working definition of indulgence? Like instead of just the technical terms, what、um, should what would we call what an indulgence? You know, let me look it up in the catechism, and you can keep going. Okay, the、um, an indulgence in a, in a way is it kind of the, the definitions in the word where you are given something. As a a relief, we like when we say we indulge in dessert or something like that. It's that same sort of thing. We are given something else. Joel is.、Um, I remember reading about this, and I could be way off. So this is、um, a gutsy decision to bring this up.、Mm-hmm. Um, is it when we partake in the repentance of another person? Isn't that was isn't that an old old form of an indulgent where?、Um, Instead of one person doing something fifty times, fifty people do it one time. You can.、Um, that was one understanding of how one could do indulgences. But ever since the reform, and to avoid that sort of abuse, because that could get abused.、Mm-hmm. Absolutely.、Yeah. Um, where you just pay someone else, hey, go do this indulgence for me. Right.、Mm-hmm. Um, the church actually has limited those indulgences.、Um, we can't actually do plenary indulgences or indulgences for other people unless it's. There's only like three indulgences that you can do. That for、mm-hmm. which is associated with holy years, but、um, most of the time, only the only indulgences you can get are for yourself. You can't、okay. do it for other people.、Um, yeah. The Holy Church teaches us in the Catechism that an indulgence is a remission before God of the temporal punishment due to sin, whose guilt has already been forgiven, which the faithful Christian who is duly disposed gains under certain prescribed conditions. Through the action of the church, which, as the minister of redemption, dispenses and applies with authority the treasury of the satisfactions of Christ and the saints. So, to kind of open that up, the church has a store from has a deposit from her Savior, has a deposit from Jesus Christ, which she is an administrator of, and she can kind of share these graces to. Pay off the temporal punishment due to sin, even though we're forgiven for it. We first have to be forgiven、mm-hmm. for it. You can't just be like, "Oh, I'm going to go do this indulgence and not go to confession." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't take. Actually, the church says you're still guilty of that sin. There's nothing to pay. We can't pay that off yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Um, that sort of thing, Kayla. I think something too is just you know, it's it's. I find it fascinating actually to find out all the different indulgences that are you know a possibility through you know special、um, events in the church, and so. You know whether it's visiting.、Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you know when we when we visit a special a church on that, I believe it's like that particular saint's feast、mm-hmm. day. Yes. Or you know when we attend a pilgrimage, mass, right? A, a pilgrimage, pilgrimage indulgence, right? When we you know go to a confession, I believe another one is like going to confession on、mm-hmm. Divine Mercy Sunday or the week following the first Saturdays. Well,、mm-hmm. all indulgences include. You have to do three things.、Mm-hmm. First, you have to do what the indulgence is prescribed for. So, whatever action, whatever spiritual exercise is attached with it, then you have. Well, four things, I guess.、Uh, then you have to receive.、Uh, well, first, go to confession, or at some point, go to confession, receive Holy Communion, 
and pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. Uh, usually praying in Our Father, Hail Mary, and a Glory Be, um, or whatever sort of prescribed uh, prayer part of it. But it's always involving going to confession. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Father Ventura, could you explain to me how that ties into purgatory? How indulgences tie mm-hmm. into purgatory? So, when we receive the graces from an indulgence, when we do that kind of work for it, mm-hmm. it can. They talk about it lessening your time in purgatory. And you kind of have to hold two things in tension here because... Purgatory is outside of time and yeah, space. Yeah, when we right. die, we're no longer part of time bound anymore. By, right, bound right, Bound by time. But so when we're talking about... Um, the church has kind of uh, not dropped, but kind of released the kind of terminology of so many years off purgatory, so many days. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, that what that's saying is that, like, we can conceptualize it. So now we have what's called plenary and partial indulgences, which kind of just talk about... Um, what kind of payment is given onto it? Like time off purgatory, what, how much quote unquote time? Could it be like a release of intensity, maybe? Like maybe where purgatory Inte- is like it, like it could very, be intensity, but right. there are some indulgences that can release you from all time in purgatory. Mm-hmm. So yes, Trisha. Um, why would one want to be released from intensity of purgatory? Well, let me share with you a few um, visions of the saints. Yeah, and, this is a great. This, I love this. This is, a, this is private revelation, so it's nothing that we have to believe to be mm-hmm. Catholic. Um, but there's two saints whose rev- or visions I want to share. The first one is St. Catherine of Genoa, and she saw a vision of purgatory, and this is what she writes of purgatory. No tongue can tell nor explain, no mind understand the grievousness of purgatory, but I saw that there is in purgatory as much pain as there is in hell. Um, and so it doesn't sound like, you know, a great place to be. St. Faustina, she um, was a Polish sister in the 1800s or the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And um, she wrote that uh, and Jesus took her to purgatory, actually. I saw my guardian angel who ordered me to follow him. In a moment, I was in a misty place full of fire in which there was a great crowd of suffering souls. They were praying fervently, but to no avail for themselves. Only we can come to their aid. The figures that were burning them didn't touch me at all. My guardian angel did not leave me for an instant. I asked these souls, what is your greatest suffering? They answered me in one voice that their greatest torment was longing for God. I saw Our Lady visiting the souls in purgatory. The souls call her the star of the sea. She brings them refreshment. Right. And Joel. Um, So that seems pretty painful. (laughs) That doesn't seem like a super fun time. Um, but I've also heard um, Maximilian Colby's vision, um, and he was writing in a journal, I believe it mm-hmm. was, and he talked about a lush green garden and people playing and having fun. And I forget the boy's name, but it was like one of the little boys um, uh, that was part of his school. And, um, you know, in his vision, he was like, oh, my gosh, this is heaven. This is this must be what heaven is like. And he realized that it was not heaven that he was in. It was purgatory that he was in. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, there's obviously the, there. I mean, as as Trisha said, it's a lot of private revelation when we get to visions of purgatory. The fact of the matter, what we have to believe about purgatory is that it's that state of being before entering heaven when we need to be cleansed of any temporal punishment due to sin or any other remaining attachments to sin. We may not have sinned, but we still have an attachment to sinful uh, and to recognize that that 
emotion I think we'll have in purgatory of longing, of yeah, great there's, longing, there's of a, this right. yearning, this emptiness that we want to be filled and you know, it can only be filled with God. But I think um, my interpretation of it was the optimism that mm-hmm. lies in purgatory. Mm-hmm. Because as we discussed earlier in the show, mm-hmm. at purgatory, it's a one-way ticket, right? You're not, there's only one way to go. Yeah. And you're not just you going to wait there for all of eternity. You have mm-hmm. that optimism, um, which again, you always have the optimism here on earth that, you know, that there's, there is a heaven and this, this is what you're working for. But when you're in purgatory, you realize you're one step closer because there's no, nowhere to go but up. Right. And so this brings us to an important point, and you kind of talked about it. The souls in purgatory cannot pray for themselves. Mm-hmm. This is something the church does believe. And what we need to do for them is that we do, that's why we pray for the dead. That's why we don't canonize people right as soon as they pass from this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've heard funerals like that, it's not that saying that's wrong. But at the same time, we have to always, that's why we offer masses for the dead. That's why we pray for the dead. That's why we say rosaries for those who have passed on to say, if you're in purgatory, this is for your relief. Mm. And so that, that is a corporal work of mercy. That is a, a spiritual work of mercy, rather, where you're offering prayers for the dead. Um, not praying to the dead, but praying to God on their behalf, interceding. So this, that's an important part of our faith. And this kind of this kind of entire discussion kind of surrounds that. I know it's been very much very much of a teaching kind of show today. And if if a lot of things are kind of confusing, a lot of things are hard to understand. Just be patient. Um, there are so many good things that our faith has to offer. Well, to not make it a teaching show, we could all share experiences of purgatory. Well, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that would be yeah. all about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've, how long have you known each other? 21 years. Do you really want to talk about that? I think something that while well, we're <laughs> figuring out if we're actually going to share our personal experiences, which I don't think we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was I'm confused. I was like a joke. Like right. share. I was thinking that you were talking about moments when we've really struggled and we felt like oh, it was purgatory no. here on Earth. Yeah, yeah. That's, my my that's wife constantly I, muddles under her breath years off purgatory when I'm, when I'm around her. So that's, that's my only experience with it. Well, I think that, you know, just looking at the side of it, the side of things where, you know, people do who are not Catholic really do question the uh, the church's teaching on purgatory. And I know in my own life, I, you know, taught middle school students and um, 60% of the students at our school are not Catholic. And so... You know, they do it. There is often um, there are often questions that they have, which, you know, are beautiful. And I love I love their their thirst for truth. Um, But a lot of them will ask, like, well, why? Why do we need purgatory? Where is purgatory in the Bible? We've kind of addressed part of that. But I think that if we just go back to the basics of, you know, what is heaven? Heaven is seeing our Lord face to face. Heaven is um, perfect. And so therefore, nothing that is not perfect can enter heaven and none of us are perfect. And so therefore, we have to go through cleansing. So just really taking it back to the basics of why why is purgatory necessary? And this is why. Yeah. And purgatory is for those moments where it's for when we should have been holier here on earth. Um, because there are some souls who go who do go straight to heaven because they did. They follow the will of the Lord here on earth. Purgatory is for those who probably should have done more but still won the race mm-hmm. still are meriting heaven still have accepted jesus christ and have been saved by him i was it's funny you said that i was asking a priest once before i was talking to um high schoolers about purgatory and he said father like what is one thing you want me to share with these high schoolers and he's like tell them to aim high he's like i think that we think um you know we all are just going to go to purgatory and it's okay and 
um, he's like, but no, aim high, aim for sainthood, right? Yeah. Live your life in a way mm-hmm. where, yeah, you might not need purgatory. Yeah, no, I mean, you want to, sh- mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's that saying, shoot for the stars and at least land to the treetops. <laughs> I mean, don't <laughs> aim moon. for the treetops. <laughs> shoot for the moon? Okay. No, 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 shoot for the stars, and if not, then you'll at least land on the moon. I think it's shoot for the moon, at least you land in the stars. Yeah. Oh, dry. I agree with Father. Yeah. Dress. I did not read my readings so, carefully I mean, enough but, last night. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, the thing that says if we just aim for purgatory, if we fail to make it to purgatory, that just leaves hell. And we don't want to settle for hell. We want to aim for heaven. None of us should ever want to settle for purgatory. That's something that's like, yeah, it's a good foot in the door, but we should always be striving for heaven to win that to win that prize of victory. So here's a pop quiz for anybody in the studio. Um, <laughs> there is a specific day of the year that we... Got it. November 1st. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, you're November wrong. 2nd. There you go. November yes! 2nd. Yeah! So, uh, Kayla wins Kayla and beats Trisha. So there is a, a day every single year, November 2nd, not November 1st, that we can use to pray for all the souls in purgatory. And... Um, you know, I think that that's actually the first time I had read that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that... Uh, what is that feast day called? All Souls. All Souls. There you go. And okay. what is November 1st to redeem Trisha? All Saints Day. There you go. All Good those job. who are in heaven. So asking for their intercession and praise. And so we should always be wanting to pray mm-hmm. and ask and be praying for those, our family members, our friends, for anybody we don't know that may be in purgatory because those prayers are meritorious, are actually helpful and good. Mm-hmm. And Father, forgive me, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. but can the people in purgatory pray for us as well? After they're out of purgatory. After they're out of purgatory. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. For some, yes. Well, I knew that once they were mm-hmm. out of purgatory, but for some reason I thought while well, they were in purgatory, they well, could. Once, well, we ask for their prayers, like we pray for them for their release, and you say, once you release, please pray for me. Okay. Okay. That kind of thing. Great. So I think that kind of brings us to a close. We could, I mean, like every single show we have, we could talk more about it. Mm-hmm. But right now, we need to close in prayer. Let's especially pray for the souls in purgatory. Joel, could you close us off? I can do that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much um, for revealing yourself to us. Um, we pray in a special way um, today for all the souls in purgatory, um, and we pray for their eventual intercession in our lives. And we pray for the intercession of all the saints in our lives. Uh, in your name we pray. Our Father, who art Lord in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Until next time, see ya. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, so-